This show is part of the Pika Science Podcast, studying the intersection of video games and science. Coming to you live from a radio tower near you, studying the intersections of video games and science. This is Pokey Science. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Pokey Science Remix. Remix! Remix in the morning. <laughs> Over on Discord, we had an episode request from Nick to have Jillian on to talk about spiders and other arachnids. So, looking back, I found an arachnid episode that needed remixed. So, here we are with Jillian and. Oh, Madison's here for sure. And me. That's Lila. Uh, you know, there is there is actually a Bare Naked Lady song called uh, There's a Spider in My Shoe. <laughs> what? Sorry, Spider in My Room. Sorry, Spider in My Room. I was like, in the shoe? That's very specific. <laughs> is the foot in there as well or just the spider? <laughs> Maybe it's a camel spider. All right. I'm going to get us started here, guys. So when most people hear the word arachnid, they're probably thinking about spiders. Because I know that I was thinking about spiders. But they are not just spiders. There's scorpions, harvestmen, ticks, and mites that are all different types of arachnids. The one that really threw me off there was scorpions when I found out scorpions were arachnids. Because, like, I don't know, mites and ticks, I can see it. But I was like, okay. Just because it's got the tail doesn't mean it's not an arachnid, you um, know? I didn't say it because there wasn't a tail. I just didn't know. It was an interesting fact for me. I told everyone at work that day. <laughs> they probably all hate me. Um, <laughs> so there's somewhere around 60,000 different types of arachnid. Does that seem right, Jillian? Um, I mostly do spiders, but I think that's largely okay, correct. They are mostly, mostly are spiders, and I found that there were around 50,000 different types of spiders. You know, we just broke that record, the arachnology community, 50,000, I think last year. So it was like a big, like, woohoo, especially in the taxonomic community. So people who um, identify species, especially new species. Um, but yeah, I think it's a bit surprising to learn that there's like 10,000 other species that are not spiders. But my guess is that this number is so, so low. Um, compared to what actually exists because there's not that many arachnologists in existence. Um, we're a pretty small field of science. So this is my call to you listeners. If you're interested, we need more arachnologists. Future career opportunity. There you go. <laughs> so first we're going to go into um, what kind of classifies an arachnid and what makes them different from insects. Yeah, insects and arachnids are both classified under the phylum Arthropoda, and this phylum includes centipedes, millipedes, crustaceans, such as crabs, crayfish, lobsters, shrimps. Arthropoda is actually Latin for jointed foot, and it's all invertebrates, and that also means they don't have a backbone. They have what's called an exoskeleton, which is a rigid body that provides protection and support. Cool. Protection and support. It's like, it's like a push-up bra. Yeah. 
Oh, I was thinking of shoe insert, like <laughs> two, Dr. Souls. Two, the two different Souls, directions Dr. of our brains. <laughs> <laughs> I so I I gotta say I I love arachnids and arthropods in general. Awesome. Uh, also very tasty. Yeah, tasty. We ate we ate crickets with arthropods. We ate crickets. No, that's right. Chicago. We did eat crickets. We ate crickets in Chicago, and I liked them, and no one else did. <laughs> I don't know. I like shrimp. I like lobster. I like crabs. I I don't know. I like arthropods, and and I've I've had spider. I actually have, um, and I do know uh, spiders and scorpions are definitely street foods in certain parts of the world, uh, and I'm kind of driven by food. <laughs> Uh, so, anyways, arachnids share similarities with insects, right? Tell us about that, Lila. While arachnids share these similarities with insects and other arthropods, there are some things that set them all apart. Two main things that set insects and arachnids apart are their body structure and legs. Insects have three body parts, head, thorax and abdomen arachnids only have two the thorax uh, ce and cephalothorax abdomen. i think that's what? how you say that right yes sorry just wanted to make sure all arachnids have eight legs while insects have six and insects also have antennae while arachnids do not Arachnids also lack a jaw, which means they, which means they have to break down their food by either tearing it into small pieces and allowing the digestive fluids to flow over it by making a small hole in their prey and then just injecting digestive fluids and then sucking up the liquefied contents. Many insects also have wings. Where they should have wings. It'd make them more terrifying. <laughs> I was going to say, they'd be completely terrified. fly. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not even worried about that or spiders. I'm talking about ticks. Can you imagine flying ticks? Oh, my God. They'd be like little mosquitoes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, no, thank you. Can Absolutely you imagine not. a glideth burrito uh, flying? Oh God. It's rather heavy. I'd imagine it'd have to have big <laughs> wings. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, like the, oh, my only concern was the mites. They are, are ticks. I mean, they are definitely small enough to move their little bodies around with some wings, uh, and I so do not want that. Arachnids, insects also have different <laughs> life cycles, right? So, arachnids have a three-part life cycle, right? The egg, the immature, and the mature part. But then they they like kind of just molt yeah, as they get older, right? Molt. Yeah, so they grow by shedding their skin, similar to and that. I well, and I know that because we have our tarantula, and I know like the first few times she molted, it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> like, is she dead? Is she dead? Like, she's not moving. <laughs> Later down the line, we can um, discuss too. At least in tarantulas, um, there's some interesting differences between males and females. When well, I know that um, she's definitely a female because of her age. Because I know that with her species, mm -hmm. males are not supposed to live anywhere as long as she's been alive. And she's like 13. 
Oh wow. No, I think I think uh, with the rose hairs, they live like five. They they don't live very long. Yeah, there's oh, not really a really? need, right? Yeah. So the males will only in a lot of tarantulas only live to be about five, if they're lucky in some species, maybe near ten. Um, but at least in rose hairs, right? Rose hairs can live to be in their mid twenties, late twenties, um, and the oldest a spider can get. We don't actually have the answer to that question um, because the oldest spider that has ever been recorded, I think, was somewhere around 40, 50 ish, but she had died of a parasitic wasp or like a wasp sting or something along those lines. So she could have lived longer, but we don't know how much longer. And that was a type of funnel web spider. So that question has always been interesting to me. So remember that next time you step on a spider, that you are preventing her from living to the ripe old age where she can toss the heart of the ocean back into the sea. <laughs> uh, and I know that arachnids look similar to insects, but they're very different. I mean, not to mention the insects. I, I know insects have like four part cycle and go through metamorphosis, uh, but arachnids definitely their own thing. Uh, and I know we had the whole like bug argument here. <laughs> All right, so it looks like in the world of Pokemon, it's pretty similar to the real world, and most of the arachnid-based Pokemon appear to be spiders. Um, but none of them have six legs. <laughs> none of them have eight legs. Not eight legs. Not a single one. Four or six. <laughs> it's only four or six. <laughs> so let's just jump on into these spider and arachnid-inspired <gasps> Pokemon. Well, I, I think Lila and I are going to go first because uh, I want to talk about uh, the happiest, saddest bug ever. Aww. Happy sad. Happy sad. Oh, bittersweet. bittersweet. That is, you know what? I'm going to catch a spinner rack now and I'm going to name it Bittersweet. Great. Bittersweet Symphony? No, because it's not the verb. It's still relevant. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, first off, First off, we're obviously doing Spinarak and Ariados. Uh, both are bug poison types, and they're introduced in Generation 2. Uh, you know, they are from the Johto region, and they have a signature move called Toxic Thread, which poisons and lowers speed. Double dose, super fun. Uh, they're the only two Pokemon of learning that move, only two Pokemon that can do so. But Nintendo, get on it, because we need everyone to learn this move. So Spinarak is similar to the Afrikaans word, Spinner, uh, Spinner, Spinner. Spinarak? Spinarak. I don't know. I'm probably going to butcher that. I apologize. Spinarak. I, which I guess it means cobweb or spiderweb, which makes sense. Uh, a lot of the word, a lot of the Pokemon names are based on uh, various uh, roots and obviously different languages. We've talked about that on the show pretty in depth. But it appears that this one has ties to, different, to several different species of spiders. Uh, including the Joro spider and the happy face spider. And I know Lila and I actually talked about both of them on the Lyle's episode, Lila's lessons episode on arachnids. What do we know about the Joro, Lila? Joro spiders are native to East Asia, but have in recent years made their way to the U.S. Their coloring is very similar to Spinarak with yellow and blue striping. They are a part of a group of spiders known as the golden orb web weavers, and they make large webs of golden colored silk. 
They are able to travel by ballooning, which involves them using their web skills to carry them on the winds. Spinnerack is known to show different expressions and feelings by the face on its abdomen. For its, for that reason, it has been modeled in some ways after the happy face spider species of spider, which is native to Hawaii, only found in the Oahu Hawaiians. Uh, Molokai, Molokai. Oh, that's probably better. Thank you, Lila. See, I don't have Jared here to help me with this. Uh, Maui and Hawaii. Hawaii. Uh, that's about all I can do. So, sorry. I just wanted to help you pronounce those. <laughs> and she didn't even need it. It has a smiley face on pattern on its abdomen, which it uses for a protective mechanism against predators. Yeah. I gotta say, though, uh, you and I looked at these uh, happy face spiders. They're so cute. They are. They are they very are. adorable, and I would love to hold one. But I was also sad to learn that, like, I guess a lot of them are not that nice, cool yellow color. And I feel like the internet <laughs> just puts up, like, the cool Wait, you mean you don't them. want, like, a diarrhea? I was gonna say, you don't want diarrhea-colored spiders? No, listen, that yellow spider looks awesome. It's a with diarrhea color. It's a vibe. Want it <laughs> a lot, especially when you're a nurse and you've <laughs> up a lot of diarrhea in your life. Were you all um, paying attention to the news when the, the when there was that huge thing about Joro spiders and people were freaking out about Joro spiders? No, so. Um. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I, kinda, I don't know. I like put a little article over over to the side in my comments for you guys because yeah, they're like kind of taken over. This is like really recent from October of this year about how because they're like don't they jump or something. So the big to do with Joro spiders, there was this. Well, I would argue an an irresponsible journalism article that was meant to make people fearful of Juro spiders, or at least that's what the intent seemed to be, is basically like, these spiders are raining down from the skies, and you will not see it coming. They come in the thousands, and they just fall from the sky, basically. Um, the reality of the Juro spider is that they have this behavior that many other spiders perform, which is called ballooning. And so the juveniles will throw a thread up of silk into the air and this thread of silk catches on um, air or even elect like electricity there's a lot of um, physics behind that that I'm I'm not a physics person but it, it helps the spiders disperse because when you're a baby spider right you hatch with all your kin but you don't want to have to fight your siblings for food every day so you want to get as far away from them as possible and get to different areas um, so Joro spiders do this behavior, their juveniles do, but what this article did was frame it as the adult spiders are ballooning into the air and raining down from the heavens, like you'll see these giant spiders falling from the sky, and that's not what actually happens. And so a lot of arachnologists at the time, it was like, it was almost like a, a PR damage control for the Joro spider. We're like, spiders aren't this terrifying, everyone. Like, you'll be okay. It's It'll be fine. No one's going to get, like, all of these spiders flying in their face. You're, you're going to live. It's it's okay. 
my article was a lot nicer. It wasn't like talking bad about them. It was just about how they're definitely like spreading ac- across the whole East Coast and they're definitely like not going anywhere. US has Joro spiders. It looks like forever now. Yeah, it's interesting. We really don't understand the impacts of non-native arachnids or at least in, in its entirety or there's not a ton of research on it. There is a good body of research on it, but I would argue like whenever I come across a non-native spider, like in my master's, at least my advisor would be like, yeah, it's non-native, but we don't really know if it's causing harm to this system. So that's something interesting to kind of see what they do. Yeah. In the future here. (laughs) Give give them five to 10 years and let's see what's happening. So Ariadose, um, so we talked about Spinarak. Ariados, the evolutionary form of Spinarak, may be based on Miramarachne formicaria in appearance. And it looks like if you were to reverse the abdominal area with the thorax head area. Um, but I, I think uh, to clarify this description, it looks like an ant. Um and that's because this spider is what we call an ant mimic spider. And you can actually tell from its name, Formicaria, that it's an ant mimic. If you see Forma or Mirmec in a spider's name, that typically indicates that it has something to do with ants. Um, and they're known to walk in patterns that mimic the way an ant would follow a chemical trail left by other ants. But they have also been seen raising their front two legs in front of their head to look like antennae. And it is thought that this is done as ants are not eaten as they have poor uh-huh. chemical taste. I'm a bit confused by that sentence. Like, oh, like they have a poor chemical taste to them, like to... So they they they, they essentially like it's like a mimicry oh. camouflage. Yeah, it's like a mimicry a, camouflage. Oh, mimic. right? Like they're trying to be like yeah. pretend. Look, I'm yeah. alone. I'm gonna take. That's awesome. So they're like me. they're like. Uh, that's really funny. Uh, yeah, it's like a sitcom. I just like that they they like try to put up their front two legs to be like, look, I have antenna. Do you see them? There's actually a lot of different spiders that mimic ants, and it's a lot of jumping spiders. There's like a whole group of jumping spiders that this one's probably a part of. Um, and so I worked with a jumping spider that was an ant mimic called Cinemacina formica, again, formic. Um, and I thought it was so interesting because its front legs, the inside, just the inside of its front legs were colored black so that when it raised its legs, it looked like the black antennae of an ant. And I'm always like, how do how do animals know what other animals look like and can just like make that happen? I feel like especially since a lot of ants, if I'm I think don't have like the greatest eyesight. Is that correct ish? Spiders and ants. Terrible eyesight. I mean, jumping jumping spiders have great eyesight, but to what as to how they can like distinguish colors and shapes and stuff. There's a lot of research being put into that, but for injected into their DNA, <laughs> like not only know the color, but they gotta get get it in there. It's so interesting, but I actually would argue for um, Ariados looking like a group of spiders, a genus of spiders called Lirinioides. Um, and so Lirinioides are these big orb weaving spiders. But the only reason I say Lirinioides is because a lot of them have that striped leg pattern. A lot of orb weavers have that. That's what er, spin, er, that's what Ariados always reminds me of is a big orb weaving spider. 
But if I were to place it in a specific family, yeah, I think it would have to be Araneae, which is orb weavers. So the ones that make the standard like orb web, the ones you see for Halloween. So for Eriados, their signature move, Toxic Thread, may be inspired by the real-life spitting spider in the family Cytotidae. The spitting spider is able to eject liquid silk from its fangs, which pin its prey in place before injecting venom to paralyze the prey. The act of pinning the prey could take after the lower speed in the move, while the injected venom would be akin to the poison aspect of the move. And Cytotidae... Um, Cytoted spiders are super cool if you look up what they look like. There are actually some for sale today at the expo I was at. They've got these like super weird, I don't want to call them like dome heads, but they they don't look like your typical vision of a spider. Most spiders don't look like your normal. Are they like the cone heads of spiders? Kind of. <laughs> they're, they're just weird. They've got like this big round head and a little body. And their eyes are cool too. <laughs> My new dog, because she's part pit bull, and I'm like that big old head with zero thoughts inside of it. Basically. And that is that spider. <laughs> I'm going to check this too. So, Cytotidae spiders are really interesting again because they have six eyes instead of eight. So, some spiders can have less than eight eyes. Interesting. All right, so next we're going to move on to Joltik. Mm -hmm. It's so sweet. It, not really when you think about uh, it. You know what? Lila and I were talking about it. Because uh, <laughs> Joltik has the best uh, in the anime. Uh, they're shown that they feed off of the static electricity on Yamper's butt. And there actually is a Yamper plush that comes with a Joltik on its butt. <laughs> and Lila was like Lila thought I was making it up and so I showed her and Haley this morning and I was like I need this alright so Joltik is a dual type bug electric Pokemon it was introduced in generation 5 Joltik is actually the smallest electric type Pokemon that's why they're so cute even if what they're doing isn't cute they are so small that they are unable to produce their own electricity and must attach themselves to other Pokemon in order to drain their static electricity. They're like a vampire, except for shocks. <laughs> hey, you don't know. Vampires might have electricity. They might. I mean, like, maybe it's an energy vampire. So, like the Pokemon, ticks are also external parasites um, but instead of draining electricity they drain blood mm. for sustenance <laughs> they're actual vampires they are also quite small in size just like Joltik they're only 3 to 5 millimeters which is very small um, and ticks are able to fast for long periods of time but do require blood to survive and will eventually die if they're unable to find a host um Kind of parallel to Joltik if they're they're being unable to move if you know they can't find a host source of electricity. An interesting tick fact I recently learned, and I guess it's tick adjacent. But have you heard the fact that possums eat like five or some thousands of ticks no, in awesome. a week? 
Yeah, and everyone always wants to hurt possums, but they're so cute, and they're just trying to out be out there vibing, eating the ticks, so that we don't get bloodborne like, pathogens. Well, it's actually a myth. Oh, no. They don't eat ticks. Oh, <laughs> I are. thought you were saying they did eat all those ticks. I'm like, well, great for them. <laughs> we need, we need more. We need cute. more possums. I, Never mind. Cute. <laughs> I mean, possums are great for many other things, but actually, um, spiders eat ticks. So that's another thing to ponder on. Whoa, arachnid food webs. <laughs> no, I do. I'll be like, somebody will find one inside and be trying. I'm like, no, I'm going to remove them all and take them across the street so they don't come back here for you to kill. <laughs> So Lila and I are going to go again. Uh, we're going to talk about Dewpiter and Arachnid. Hey, Lila, we've seen these things in real life, right? Yes, we have. They're actually, they... Yeah, they're at the Toledo Zoo, have. right? Yeah, really they cute. were. Oh, cool. I mean, have you, I'm sure you've seen them, right? Diving bell spiders? I have actually not. Um... <gasps> I am very oh, anti-water. Really? <laughs> I do not like to do research that ha involves me going into or near water. I don't know why I'm like that. I'm very terrestrial bound. Um, but I do think they're very cool diving bell spiders. And they're part of a family of spiders that's actually, I don't want to say it's my least favorite family because I don't dislike <laughs> any family of spiders. But they're part of a group called dictinids. And most of the dictinids that I've had to identify all look the same. So I have like horrid memories of staring at a microscope with like two dictinids side by side and reading the literature for like two hours trying to differentiate between these two species that look basically <laughs> the exact same except one might be slightly different in color or like the leg is like slightly bigger and just banging my head against the wall but That's yeah amazing. I wish yeah. I had seen a diving belt fighter. well okay so we get it you heard it here Jillian's an oh. earthbender um. <laughs> definitely not an alien you really have to say she's terrestrial not actually <laughs> definitely not the movie science <laughs> wait is she terrestrial <laughs> <laughs> leave it to the 10 year old to make the joke <laughs> uh, okay so do Piter and its evolution Araquanid are awesome and uh, they're both dual type water bug, uh, introduced in Gen Seven. They are the only two that are known to have the ability water bubble, which is an awesome bubble, uh, awesome bubble ability. I'm gonna call it that. Uh, it has it like halves damage uh, being dealt to the Pokemon uh, while doubling the power of water type moves, and it also prevents it from being burned. Which honestly, back in the day, it made Araquanid super awesome in VGC. I loved it. It was so much fun. Uh, but in appearance, uh, Dewpine and Raquanid are have like a bubble filled with water covering their head as they can only receive oxygen through water. And so this feature, they're believed to be based off the diving bell spider, who's the opposite. They're like the reverse. And it, it gathers air around it rather than water. So I'm going to turn this over to Lila, who actually does know. The, di the diving bell spider gains its name from diving bells which were used to explore underwater 
Prior to the invention of scuba tanks, diving bells work by using water pressure to force air into a domed area, allowing humans to travel safely underwater. They work the same way that if you put an empty cup open side down into water, it will remain dry inside and not fill with water. There are accounts of this type of device being used as far back as 4 BC. By hey, Lila, can I interject you really quick? So <clears throat> if you didn't already think Alexander the Great was amazing, uh, not only did he have great tactics, he had diving bells, which goes to show you that it wasn't just all the gay love that made him so successful. Also the diving bells. <laughs> the two things that you need for your army to win <laughs> yes that's it that's all you need sorry Lila go ahead since the diving bell spiders spends most of its time underwater it still needs to breathe air it creates its own sort of diving bell first creating a domed shaped web between underwater plants, then rising to the surface and trapping bubbles using the hairs on its leg and the and belly. Finally, the bubbles are taken to the web and released, filling the dome with air. Since the water outside of the bell is often is often more oxygen rich than the bell itself, the oxygen and, car and carbon dioxide are diffused up to the bell, and outside of water is res respective. That was a hard sentence uh, for her. Respectively. Sorry. It, it was just that the oxygen and carbon dioxide are diffused to the bell and outside yeah. water, respectively. So essentially what that means is that um, the the water outside the, the bell has a lot more oxygen in it than the bubble itself. And then the carbon, oxygen and carbon dioxide are kind of diffused through the bubble, right? Yeah, like their oxygen from the water comes inside of the bell so that the spider has more oxygen to breathe and the carbon dioxide that's inside of the bell yeah goes back into the water i was like reading like even in like stagnant water that isn't very clean they can still this will still happen and they you looked like they could make their their bell work for like 24 hours even in kind of not the best water conditions Tarantula and Spidops are bug-type Pokemon that were recently introduced in Gen 9. Tarantula appears as a yellow arachnid with its abdomen wrapped in silk web. Because of their coloring and all of the webbing, Tarantula may be based off of the orb weaver spider. While many of the nocturnal versions are brown or gray, diurnal species of orb weaver may appear bright yellow or orange. 
So tarantula appears as a yellow arachnid with its abdomen wrapped in a silk web. And because of their coloring and all of the webbing, tarantula may be based off of the orb weaver spider. So orb weavers are within the family that I've mentioned before called um, araniae, araniids, araniidae. And so when we say orb weaver, we talk about that stereotypical spider web and um, most orb weavers are going to wrap their prey in silk. Um, so the spider itself is not wrapped in silk, but the prey is. And one type of orb weaver that many people may be familiar with is the yellow garden spider. And so yellow garden spiders are part of the genus Argiope. And we have two species of Argiope here in the United States. And so they often appear as um black and yellow. One of them has black and yellow stripes and the other ones, um, I don't know how to describe the pattern, but you guys get the idea. So tarantula may be based off of one of these orb weavers. Spidops, on the other hand, may be based off of the ogre face spider, which we call um, dinopids, the family dinopidae. And actually, fun fact, October 8th, we arachnologists celebrate what we call dinopid day. So we spend the whole day posting pictures and facts about ogre face spiders. And these spiders have eight eyes, but two of those eyes are huge. Um, and they're at the front of their head. I definitely recommend everyone look up a picture of an ogre face spider. And what's really cool about the eyes of an ogre face spider, um, they lose their retina in the light. So they've got these big eyes to see things at night, but when the sun comes up, their eyes actually burn. And then they rebuild and regenerate their eyes every single night, which is extremely energy costly. I've seen a picture of those. They're actually pretty cool. They are super cool. And I know a couple people who study dinopid spiders, and I love the dinopid spider people. When looking at Spidops, it appears as though there are smaller eyes on the side of its head and two larger eyes at the front, so again, akin to the ogre face spider. But the ogre face spider has a second name called the net casting spider. So what, this, what they do to catch their prey is they make a literal net, and it's kind of in a square shape, out of their web. And so then when they sense prey, they wrap it up in that net out of midair. And there's some really cool research by a person named Jay Staffstrom. You can look up his research. Um, he, works, um, he works with dinopid spiders. And he found that dinopids, when you remove their eyesight, um, they're really bad at catching prey off the ground but they're still really good at catching prey in the air and they can actually catch their prey backwards with that net, which is really cool. There's videos of it online. Again, I highly recommend everyone look up dinopids and even Google dinopid day, D-A-Y, to or learn more fun facts Dino about them. Dino Thunder, a Power Ranger series. Very good. I would say that's what you're here for (laughs) dinopids over power rangers so I'm gonna make a controversial statement or does power rangers need to have more spiders honestly 
instead of like jungle Power Rangers Jungle Force, we could do Power Rangers Arachnid Force. We could have a Scorpion Ranger, a Spider Ranger, a Sulfugid Ranger, Ranger, a Mite Ranger, Ranger. and then eventually like switch sides. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're gonna move on to Skoruki and Drapion. Skorupi again, because I feel like Skorupi always gets brought up. Skorupi and Drapion. So Skorupi is a bug poison type. While it's um, evolution, Drapion is actually poison dark type. Uh, both were enter- introduced in Gen 4 and both appear to have a scorpion-esque body type. While scorpions have the typical eight legs and lack of antennae found in other arachnids, they do have one very interesting difference, and that is that they give birth to live young. They don't lay eggs. Mm, interesting. So, yeah, which is also really terrifying. Can you just, like, imagine a bunch of the smallest scorpions just, like, I don't know. It, it gives my brain bad thoughts. Are they, so are they viviparous or ovoviviparous? That I'm not 100% sure. I'm going to look it up really quick. Okay. I think they might be ovoviviparous, which is really cool. So it has like this mixture of egg and live birth where they keep the eggs inside them and the eggs hatch inside them and then they give what is like live birth. Okay, that's a fun fact. Like, so there's still eggs, but they're just like, we're going to keep these inside of us. Yeah. Um, hissing cockroaches are another cool example of that. I know we're talking about arachnids, um, but ovoviviparous, when you break down the word, means egg live birth. <laughs> Literally, the, the direct translation. <laughs> we're not going to get a cool name for you. You're just getting the name of what you do. <laughs> Hey, it's more helpful than it is. You know, like a like a person's name. Super like cool names, like like the Happy Face Spider. Like, look how cool. (laughs) Yeah, then we're just gonna give you the direct translation, but in a difficult way for the layperson to understand. A lot of the scorpion juveniles too, and they're born will sit on their mother's backs once they're born. And it's so cute in the tiny scorpions. Like it's cute in all scorpions, but the when you see a teeny tiny scorpion with her even teenier, tinier babies on her back, it's the most precious thing. It's so cute. They're just so tiny. <laughs> yeah, I was actually read too that sometimes the young will stay with her mom for up to like two years until she decides they've overextended their stay and she wants to kick them out yeah but much longer than it seems a lot of the other (laughs) they are still better parents than pandas and i'm just gonna leave it at that because pandas are like i have two babies let's let this one die we're just gonna forget this one what happened to sue i don't know mom will eat babies (laughs) Or Lila can tell us about guinea pig moms who are like, I have too many babies, so let me eat them. (laughs) That's not guinea pigs, that's gerbils. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if the babies stay too long on mom's back, she'll just eat them. So if you've been living in your mom's basement too long, she might eat you. This is... 
This is a direct call out to my brother. Hey, hey you. Kidding. Hey, you. Listener. You know what's going on. It's okay. It's a direct. It's actually a direct call out to my brother, too. So it's fine. Wait. Brothers wait, everywhere. Wait. Did you guys know my brother? Am I out? I don't have a brother. <laughs> All right. Back, back to Skaroopy. We're getting way off topic here. <laughs> Sorry, Drew, for calling you out. Um, I'm not sorry for calling you out, Christopher. I'm sorry for having no one to call out. <laughs> probably best that way. No brothers to live in the basement. <laughs> All right, so outside of physical appearance being similar to that of a scorpion, um, both Skaroofy and Drapion have poison as their primary type. So Skaroofy is actually the only dual bug poison type Pokemon to have poison as their primary type instead of like bug as the primary type. Mm. Uh, Interesting. Could be a nod to how poisonous scorpions are. Um, Scorpions can have dozens of different toxins in their venom. um, And there are even 25 different species whose venom is thought to be capable of killing humans. I was going to say it's not 100% sure, but like with the breakdown of what's in their venom, it there's 25 that they think could kill kill a whole one of us. Interesting. My one gripe with Pokemon is convincing people that spiders and scorpions are poisonous. It's venomous. Not to be that guy, the well, actually person. But it- <laughs> yeah. um, actually, they're venomous, not poisonous. Oh, um. I have a story about that, actually. Do it. Right on, Lila. So I was at, so my Girl Scouts were at a camp in the Toledo Zoo, and the lady said, try to find a snake that's poisonous in the enclosure. And I raised my hand and said, there are no poisonous snakes. That is true. Only venomous I, was there. I was there. I like <laughs> this one. That's a great story. <laughs> that is a great story. Oh, I wish I could have seen that teacher's face. Out Peter's face, because that's... That is amazing. <laughs> Lila won Zookeeper Zero. <laughs> All right. And so while they are capable of doing a lot of damage, you know, and even causing death with their venom, there are also several possible curing agents to some scorpion venoms. Um, Deathstalker venom includes chlorotoxin, for example, which has inspired new methods for both diagnosing and treating certain cancers. Venom from the lesser Asian scorpion has antimicrobial antimicrobial peptides. It's a tongue twister there. That may be effective against many bacteria and fungi, as well as malaria parasites and along with anti-inflammatory properties um, could make it an effective treatment for arthritis and other scorpion venom compounds have also shown promise as immunosuppressants for treatment of autoimmune disorders so i feel like scorpions get a pretty bad rep sometimes but also out here trying to do good you know what that's because scorpion's the anti-hero that we needed not deadpool scorpion I just keep thinking back to your Scorpion King, Madison. I, me too. That's what I was thinking. I was like, oh my gosh, are we going to talk about The Rock? This episode is also brought to you by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. 
<laughs> he, yeah. He's now famous. <laughs> Venom is so interesting when you think about it in arachnids. Because I think the reason a lot of people fear arachnids is because of their venom. But it, there are so, so few arachnids that can seriously hurt a person. It doesn't mean they don't exist. Um, but there's like this theory that if you avoid something that could possibly be dangerous, then you're just cutting out the possibility of being bitten or stung entirely. Which is interesting to think about. So I, I do a little bit of research on arachnophobia and why people are afraid of spiders and other arachnids. And the interesting thing about arachnophobia, it's a unique phobia in that it combines fear and disgust in a lot of people. Or that its origins are in fear or disgust. And it's really hard for scientists to separate this idea of fear and disgust and how it's shown in people like we can't find like the actual pathway like oh yes if it goes through this part of the brain it's fear and if it goes through this part of the brain it's disgust stuff like that but if you ask someone why they're afraid of arachnids it's it's so different amongst people it's, it's extremely interesting and so part of my research looks at um, the cultural implications of arachnophobia and how arachnophobia is spread culturally versus the idea of biologically or evolutionarily. So interesting. Very with all the scorpions and spider talks, do we have anything else we want to add about Pokemon? Well, I think Lila wanted to say something about Pokemon and arachnids. Every single arachnid Pokemon has six legs. Make them with eight legs. <laughs> Money, please. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the small indie company Pokemon. <laughs> it, it's so weird though because they put you can tell they put so much thought into making these Pokemon and like with their backgrounds and what they're based off of, and it's just funny to me that like they get a single spider. <laughs> maybe with eight they're legs. afraid of eight legs, and maybe it's like some sort of like they're like, no, no, this is scary. That's their arachnophobia. Eight legs. It's fine if it only has six. Well, the only phobia I have is flitzanophobia, no. and that's for a whole different reason that we cannot discuss on air. <laughs> oh, I have a pho- I have a phobia of turkeys, but that's only because I got chased down by two turkeys and attacked by them when I was a very small them. child. <laughs> turkeys are mean. They're so mean. Don't grow up in the middle of nowhere. You're gonna get attacked by turkeys in your backyard. Okay. With that said. <laughs> all right thanks everyone for listening we love and appreciate give us a five-star review like. hit a like subscribe share it to a friend please spread the word we appreciate it uh make fun of your brother yeah especially <laughs> who still lives in your parents basements <laughs> <laughs> bye all right goodbye everyone bye bye